0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Powerful Conversations. I am your host, Noed, and in this episode, let's talk about influence. Stay tuned. Well, hello and welcome again to another episode here. I am very excited about this episode as I am every time I sit behind this mic to speak to you all because the Word of God is exciting, period. I personally love the Old Testament. You know, these stories, they're just mind-blowing, at least to me. When you sit down and actually read them in detail, slow down a bit, savor the stories, imagine and take a moment to take in what's happening. Some of the stuff, guys, it's very, very juicy stuff. So, listen, before we jump in, though, because like I said, it's it's juicy stuff, I encourage you to, to... read the Word of God, just take your time and enjoy these stories and dig deep um, because the Word of God is delicious, plain and simple. But hey, before we dive deeper into this episode and into the scripture that we're about to read today, I want to thank you for listening and continuing to listen and for the comments, the reviews, for those of you that personally know me have reached out and provided feedback thank you very much and I know I take every episode to thank you because it, it really means a lot and I'm very happy that God is using this platform to bless you and hey it's his word so all glory be to him now, as always I encourage you that if you are being blessed one way or another if you like this podcast and you're enjoying this podcast and you're being spiritually fed through it, that you share with family, friends, coworkers, share with people, um, depending on the platform, um, there typically is some type of way to click and, and share via a text message, copy a link, that sort of thing. Um, something that I greatly appreciate, okay? Um, with that said... Let's dive deep into the word. So today's powerful conversation is going to be located in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1 through 20. And as a reminder, I will be reading off of the New Living Translation version, because if you're new here, I'm a bilingual gal who has really learned the word of God and learned how to quote scripture, but in Spanish. So 2022 has been the year where I have challenge myself in reading the word of God in English and trying to learn these names and memorize scripture in English. So although I know there are other versions that perhaps I should be using like the King's James or New King's James, this is the version that so far as a bilingual gal who thinks and prays about things of God in Spanish, it's the version that's easiest for me to understand and maneuver around. So without further ado, we're going to start reading. I know it's 20 verses, so it might be a bit scary, but let's not be scared. We're going to get right through them. And also as a disclosure, anytime we read these names, I may or may not be pronouncing them correctly. So just kind of bear with me. Okay. All right. So it says as follows. Rehoboam went to Shechem where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. I know it's a lot of Oham at the end here, but. Um, Nonetheless, it says, your father was a hard master, they said, lighten the hard labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. The king Rehoboam discussed the matter with older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisers. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid burden her, uh, heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam's decision, to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisers. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam son of Naboth through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David, we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, But Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order. But the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled By a descendant of David, when the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. Wow, I know that (laughs) that was a lot to read, um. But no worry, we're gonna we're gonna dive deep and we're gonna break it down a bit and provide some insight. So. Let's provide some background to the story. So as you can tell through this passage, Rehoboam was son of Solomon. So he was the grandson of King David, who became king. Um, Rehoboam became king after Solomon's passing. And you can read more on this, on how this came to be on just a chapter prior to it. There's some good information, which we'll kind of dive into a little bit here but this is all part of the plan. You know, God established King David's dynasty essentially and reaffirmed what he was, you know, like you're always going to have somebody in in your lineage ruling and being king. If you want more information on this background, you got to have to go back, I think it's episode 5 to hear more on this. But yes, God had established the kingdom of David Solomon at this point has passed. So now his son, Rebohoam, had just stepped in as king. Now, another thing to note, though, is that at this point in time, or right before the passing, God was very angry with Solomon. And I really encourage you to read the story. I myself was, I was sad and conflicted, angry, just It's like, I know Solomon has passed away and you can't really, I don't know, I guess it's easy for us to judge in today's time. Like, how dare you do this and leave the Lord and do all these things after all the things he did for you. But I feel sad because God has so much, um, had done so much for Solomon, had even appeared to him twice. And yet this man As we can see in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, he had left the Lord. And then it says in chapter 11 of 1 Kings verse 9 that the Lord was very angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you're still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem my chosen city. So thereafter, if y'all continue to read chapter 11, there is, which we kind of read a reference to it in this passage that we had just read in the beginning. Um, God decides to send a prophet and talk to Jeroboam, which was a servant of Solomon's. And essentially say, hey, you're going to be king, which then would have fulfilled this prophecy that we just read here saying, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. So God there is referring to Jeroboam and saying, but hey, but for your son, I'm going to allow him to rule over one tribe, so this son that they're talking about is Rebohoim, whose story we just read in the passage. Um, Rebohom was approximately 41 years old when he became king, and really the verses we just read, it just kind of went from yo, he became king, and some people came back to talk to him. And we see one of the, I mean, I don't know if it's the first major decision he had to make as king, but it certainly is the first one being mentioned in this passage where the people are asking him to lighten the workload. They mention things such as labor demands, taxes, just typical things. Um, just like in politics, like, hey, we, we want you know less taxes we want higher pay more benefits you know the typical thing that constituents tend to ask for when a new leader is in position it's in power it's kind of like what do you have to offer as a you know as a politician as a ruler as somebody who's governing the people so it's interesting to see that even this was the case back in the day and as Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So clearly this was also something that really dates back even to Bible times. So these constituents, these people, these loyal subjects, they're approaching the king and asking him, or better yet mentioning that, hey, your father was a hard master. And they're asking him, can you lighten the load, the labor load? And Give us a give a give us a little tax break here, and i do I do love that Robo didn't flat out answer. he said give me three days and sometimes that's what we gotta do because us humans we tend to answer quick even when we don't really have the answer we just do we just trying to fill the space right the silence and want to give quick answers when. It is okay to take your time to give somebody an answer on something. It is okay to say, "Hey, give me a minute. Uh, give me a few days. Give me a little bit of time. Let me allow me to think it over." Now, don't ever use that as a way to kind of brush them off, get them off your backs a bit. If you're really, if you're telling somebody, "Give me a little bit of time to think about it," please genuinely do so. Genuinely ponder on it. Genuinely pray about it. So if you're telling them, I'm going to pray over I'm going to think about it, give them a little time, give them time frame, and actually do the thinking and the pondering and all those things, okay? But either way, I digress. So in this case, to me, as from my observation on reading this, it was pretty clear that Raboha had no idea as to what to do. So he decided to to reach out to and consult with advisors. So an advisor typically is a person with a deeper knowledge and expertise in a specific area. An advisor's role is that of a mentor or guide. So a mentor, as we just read, is like a guide. It's a counselor. It's the coach of sorts, which let me tell you having a mentor is not only a good thing, it is a very necessary thing. A mentor can provide you insight, allowing you to avoid making certain mistakes because typically a mentor as we just read or as we just went um, through here, they have a deeper knowledge on the subject matter. So if you want to, let's say, reach certain financial goals, you don't want a broke mentor. That just would not make sense. You want a mentor who has financial success or has at least reached a level of success financially speaking to where you can say, hey, can you, can you train me? Can you coach me? Can you mentor me? Essentially, walk me through how do I get to the level that you've gotten because you've already paved the way. And in doing so, guess what? It's going to save you time, frustration, and energy Um, because you're going to avoid making so many mistakes that that mentor had already had to navigate through because they can already tell you, Well, I made this mistake. X, Y, and Z, and you can really learn quickly. But a mentor can also help you set up goals. They help with accountability. Because a lot of times we set up goals and we'll we'll say, I would do X, Y, and Z, but they when the day comes, because it does happen where you just don't feel like moving forward towards a goal, you don't you just don't have that energy. Well, who's gonna hold you accountable? not really yourself. You need somebody to say, where, where are we with that financial goal? You said you wanted to, to do this, you know, even like a fitness mentor, you said you wanted to, you know, be able to do 10 pushups. You said you wanted to run that mile. Guess what? When you don't have a mentor or somebody to be accountable to, on them days where you feel like lazing around and just feel like reverting back to old habits, okay, nobody knows. It's just me. I know. I know that I should. I should be training. I know that I shouldn't be eating this. I know X, Y, and Z. But when you have a mentor, you have that's somebody to you can. You have to respond to. And they're gonna call you out. A good mentor will call you out. A good mentor is not there to be a yes person to coddle you. No, they're gonna be like, "What? What's going on? Did we? Did we not talk about this goal of yours?" So it is amazing to have a mentor. Even the most quote unquote successful people have mentors. Millionaires have mentors. Athletes have mentors having a mentor, is something that is necessary. Now, I personally am still working on this mentor-mentee thing after really digging deeper into what a mentor-mentee and the importance of having a mentor is. And the one thing that I realized is that it is okay to have different mentors. You want to have a health mentor. I mean, you want to have a, a financial mentor a marriage mentor, you know, it's okay to have different ones because as we just discussed, a mentor is somebody that has a deeper knowledge and expertise in a specific area. So obviously, it's understandable if one person does not fulfill all those areas of need that, you know, like if you need, let's say, a mentor in the area of marriage it's okay if they're not good in the area of, or they're not a qualifier in the area of finances, you know, like, because if that's not their expertise, then why would you have them as your financial mentor? They're there for your marriage, as a marriage mentor, if that makes sense. Um, the point is that it is okay to have multiple mentors. So mentors, having a mentor, is, it's okay. It's a great thing. And in fact, it was a common practice and still is a common practice amongst leaders, uh, presidents, um, have them, prime ministers have mentors, like having a mentor, I, I'm telling you, it's a thing to have. So even back in the day, having as a king, having a mentor or having um, advisors, it's, it was a common thing. So in this case, Rebohoam went to speak to his father's advisors, which, okay, I'm like, cool, that makes sense. Solomon was a very successful king. If you read all the things that Solomon accomplished um, throughout his reign, building temples, you know, clearly having one heck of a workforce, I'm assuming having the finance of the country be in great shape, um, although clearly the people were complaining about the taxes. But Solomon did his thing, you, you know, he reigned. So he reached out to his father's advisors, given that his father had been a successful king. They were older, so having been in, let's say, in the role of a mentor for many years, that gives you some kind of cred. So it is, it is okay to presume that these older mentors were full of wisdom they knew again that they were the experts or had expertise in the subject matter and the con side of this for me um clearly king solomon had been very tough on this people hence why they went to reboho while well, i'm asking him uh your highness sir king Can you please lighten the load, the labor load and the tax load? And then, so essentially Roboham, when he reached out to his dad's old advisors, he was asking or seeking advice from the same folks who presumably stood behind Solomon and his decisions on how to handle the labor force and and making it harsh, that sort of thing. So I would have thought, when I was reading this, that oh, they're just gonna say yeah, you gotta be tough on them. I was expecting that from Solomon's people because if Solomon had been tough. Then surely his advisors must have, at one point on a point or another, advised that from him. But they were actually pretty smart in saying, "Listen, you want to you want to give in on this one. Like if you give in on this one, they're gonna be loyal to you. Period." And this is where the talk about influence is. We'll get to that in a minute. If you if you give in on this, they're going to follow you. And as a leader, you need you need the people behind you. You're not a leader without people to lead. Period. If you don't if you don't have people that you're influencing that are under your influence, then you're not a leader. You're what are you leading? You're not leading anything. So having the loyalty of the people, especially being somebody who was new in the throne, really was something important, at least in my opinion. So I I was like, okay, advisors, you telling him to do the thing. You know, no, they probably wouldn't have collected as much tax. You know, okay, labor force is going to be lightened, but at least you would have the people that could cooperate behind you, okay? However, then it says, as we know, that Rabohoam went to his friends, which were younger advisors. Now, I could not find, and I reread it a few times, like, why did he just why, like, what did he intend? to get the advice from both sets of advisors or like did deep inside he wanted to say no to these people but his gut was telling him yes and when the advisors the older advisors didn't give a response that he was seeking then he reached out to his buddies I don't know and I understand that's a lot of presumptions here but it says that he went and spoke with his younger advisors who had grown up with him, so that's why I refer to him as his buddies here. Not that there's anything wrong with age, but as we know, you know, typically with life experience and that expertise that is needed to be an advisor and a mentor, it for the most part it tends to come with age and that life experience. So at 41 could the friends have that he grew up with okay we can assume they're around the same age did they have the same knowledge i mean these are presumably millions of people that he had to lead these are 12 tribes that he had to govern over did they have the expertise required to do that i don't know but it says that he went to there um went to them And these friends or these advisors really went, they went a little crazy just to leave it at that. And as we read saying, this is how you should answer these people. And then it says, this is what you should tell those complainers. So not only are they saying these people, these loyal subjects, no, they refer to these people as complainers. So they already That tone to me, it just rubbed off on, okay, you're in gossip mode. You're in putting down people mode. Like just that tone to me seemed off. There's these complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. The answer was was very it was very harsh. I think we can agree on that. That answer was harsh. He could've said they could have said simply no, you know, they could have said no, don't do it. Um in fact I think you should ump you know, the heat on this one, you should increase the taxes. You should um make it tougher on the labor force. But no, they they went into belittling people essentially and like these complainers. So really they didn't acknowledge one bit the concerns of the people because the people are the ones who approach Robohoam. And what's even, I'm not going to say even more upsetting, but what's also upsetting is that Robohoam, not only declined the people that what they were asking for but he added to the severity of the workload just like his friends had suggested and what's even worse is that he gave as you know as, I, as I'm as I'm reading this when he talked to the people his response was verbatim what his friends had said I didn't, it it is the same. So really, he didn't, he didn't provide any insight of his own. I hear, I don't see, I'm not, I'm reading this passage and I don't see, Rabohawam, what is your actual opinion? Because we can have mentors and we can have people in our lives that counsel us. But at the end of the day, they can't make decisions for us. And sometimes, and it happens a lot in life where we need advice or we want to speak to somebody like, hey, what do you think I should do in X, Y, and C situation? And that person can give you a word or can say, hey, um, and it could even be, it could even be a profound, wisdom-filled word like, hey, I think you should do this. You should approach it that way. But guess what? You don't need to think for yourself you still need to you still need to be you you still need to lead and the fact that rebohawum here meaning a paraphrase he he relayed what his friends had said verbatim let me think dude you are not leading yes they are your advisors but they're not the king I think that's why a lot of people even in politics well, especially in politics are like, "Well, I don't want to be the leader, I don't want to be the governor, I don't want to be the president. I want to be the be the the advisor behind the scenes because sometimes those folks really have more power than the person that's that's in the front, than the person who, who we think or are there in the presidents in place or the governor's in place or the CEO is in place when really it's the the advisors behind the scenes. It is insane. But this is why this is why this episode is about influence because influence is something that we cannot avoid. It is a part of life. An influence is defined by the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. The power or capacity of causing an effect in indirect or intangible ways. This means not only are you having such an ability, it's a capacity, so it's always an ability. That means it's a skill to have an effect on character, development, or behavior of someone or something. That means you can transform somebody. You can transform something. And it is a skill. Now, the power or capacity of causing this in an indirect or intangible way. Wait, it means that you're not physically touching anything. It's, it's really all in the mind and the words is, it's just, it's a phenomenon. Now, influence normally, especially in today's society, we view it as a bad thing. You know, like you need to be a leader, not a follower. You can't be a sheep, um, and a lot of times we refer to the the folks on social media who are content creators. We'll say things like, oh, these influencers, you know, they just, the word influence typically tends to have a bad rap, a bad, like it's a bad, it tends to be seen as a bad thing. But in reading about influence and we could be here all day to discuss influence and read articles and just hash it out, but we really don't got all the time for that the way influence works, guess what? It is human nature. We are continuously being influenced and influenced. So yes, it's like a coin that has two sides. You are an influence and you are continuously being influenced, plain and simple. So there was a motivational speaker um, named Jim Ron who famously said, and by the way, if you don't know who Jim Ron is or have seen video clips of his, you need to, especially if you are somebody who has that entrepreneurship mindset, somebody who has these goals and you're you're trying to break generational curses of poverty and you're trying to move forward and just reach new levels on your career, that sort of thing. You need to hear some of the clips of Jim Ron and read his story. Um, He is a man that was born in poverty. I think it was in 1970-ish, around there. Um, I could be wrong on the dates. But he grew up poor, um, very poor, became a millionaire by 30, broke by 33. Because remember, um, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you can keep. That's a whole different conversation. And... But he made money again. He became a millionaire again, and there are so many of Jim Ron's qu- quotes that are just very profound. Very, just, just watch some of it. But anyway, Jim Ron famously said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Now there is a saying in Spanish. Um, that says, Dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres. It says, Tell me who you're with and I'm gonna tell you who you are. I'm pretty sure in English there's some type of um, familiar saying or something similar to it, comparable to that. But essentially, we are the five people we spend the most time with. And it's something that we Subconsciously, do we almost can't help it? Yeah, we can be individuals, but this is why we see sometimes couples who end up dressing alike and they didn't even plan it, or we see two girls that are best friends and they end up having similar style that they almost look like sisters. That's they do that subconsciously, <laughs> they're influencing one another without realizing we end up adapting to that behavior. We suddenly start to adapt to their likings and we just, we don't do it on purpose. It is a human nature to be influenced. So this is why it's super important to be very careful with who are we surrounding ourselves with. Are you surrounding yourself with people who are prayer warriors are you surrounding yourself with people who are faith people, people who are positive thinkers, people who are like, hey, do not be anxious. Like, I hear you my brother. I hear you're my sister. Life is tough, but, you know, let, let's get praying. Let's bring God into the conversation. Or are you hanging around with people who are negative, who are in, very into, like, let's say, church politics, who whose goals don't really align with yours because it happens even within the churches. It happens. And I understand sometimes there are certain people you just cannot avoid hanging about, especially immediate family members, um, certain coworkers, you know, just incidental people that you end up hanging out with or having regular interaction with. But, who are the five closest people think about this currently who are the five closest people you hang out with have close let's say even intimate conversations with are those people feeding into your soul are they catapulting your purpose are they honorable people are they people that seek god Are they people that encourage you when you have no strength? Because this is very important to analyze. Now, with that said, keep in mind that relationships are a two-way street. This is not just about taking away from them. Because we also need to be good influencers as well. Because if you're being the Debbie Downer every single time, if you're being the bad influence... Do you not realize that you can bring down that person, you know, that person that is a faith person? So if you're a person that's you're continuously a doubter, you're continuously a complainer hanging around this faith-filled person, it is very probable that at some point you bring them down. Very probable. And this same thing goes in marriages. It really does where one is continuously seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, while the other one's like not or being very negative or whatever the situation may be, at one point it's going to be exhausting and they're just going to succumb to that influence. So this is why it is super important to acknowledge that influence is something that we just cannot help. And I encourage you to hop on Google. I mean, we have this wonderful database or if you, if you're weird, no offense and you like Bing, you can Bing, but you know, we can hop on the internets is all I'm saying and research social influences and why us humans are, you know, are influenced so easily. There are so many articles, so many studies on it. It is just a mind blowing thing. Um, But influence is, it's a reality. We can be influenced and we are influenced. This happens continuously. And as we see in this passage, the friends of Rehoboam, and I'm not even going to say friends, I'm just here assuming that they're friends as they all grew up together. But the younger advisors clearly had such an influence over Rehoboam that the older advisors did not. And that influence led to so many problems as we read in the rest of chapter 12, when he told the people, the people were so upset. They just started like, I'm done with the dynasty of David. Like they're really, really upset. And then they send this guy to calm the people down. And, and now the guy is getting stoned because the people stoned him because they are so upset. And instantly, Rehoboam went from being the king of twelve tribes to just one. Now, mind you, this this was all this was all the will of God because of what Solomon had done. They, remember that like God has said, "I'm going to strip away the kingdom, but I'm going to allow your son to rule over one. Rule over one. So this this was all the will of God. But the point being is. Being led or being influenced by the wrong kind of folks in this case led to Rehoboam to lose 11 tribes, getting somebody stoned in the process, people upset, and the people not following him. And it says unto this day, from the day that the book was written, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by any descendants of David so in this case it had catastrophic consequences to his lineage and like I said it's all the it was all part of the will of God but it comes to show that relying on the wrong advisors the wrong mentors can lead to catastrophic consequences that can, derail you from your purpose can derail you from your goals can derail you from the things that you need to be focused on so in conclusion you need a mentor you need an advisor and it's okay to have completely different ones for different things because an advisor has to be an expert or have expertise and deep knowledge in the area that you're looking to have an advisor for. So if you want a career advisor, you need to find a mentor or an advisor that has already achieved a certain level in that career, in that field that you're looking to advance. If you're looking for a marriage mentor, like a couple that's a mentor, you don't you're not you don't want a brand new couple who got married, let's say two years ago. No, you want a couple that has withstood the test of time not just in years of marriage because that's not an that's not an indicator of success like yes yeah, just because you managed to stay together does not mean you are a healthy couple period or that you have been this whole time you want to make sure that you have a couple that not only has withstood this set the test of time but it's a couple that you can tell okay they are still in love this is a couple that they they are on fire for god you know just kind of the areas that you 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 know if you want to be more romantic with your partner and you want to have a fire in your relationship and you want to seek okay this couple still got the fire and they've been married 32 years and you know can't keep hands off of each other type thing then that makes sense you, you want those are the mentors that have the expertise in that area you want to be a successful entrepreneur you want to be you know take your your business from from the ground up to a six-figure business you know whatever it is you you want to reach somebody and have a mentor in the area that they like you want to make sure essentially that your mentor has already paved the wave the wave and achieve the goals that you are looking to achieve it is very important to have a mentor to have a coach to have advisors but we need to be very careful what type of advisors are we seeking because we are going to be influenced we can't help it It, this is a reality of it so with the second point for the conclusion we need to evaluate who are our five closest people We need to evaluate, and I'm not saying you know cut people off and I'm never talking to you again. But hey, the truth is that there are people that are only meant to be in our lives for a certain period of time. They're only there, only God knows why they're there for that season in life. And it's not that you're gonna cut ties with them and be like I'm never gonna talk to you again. No, and it could be like you know what, when I my free time, when I have free time to hang out with friends. I'm not going to be prioritizing hanging out with them as much. I'm going to prioritize hanging out with this other person who is on fire for God or this person who, you know, X, Y, and Z that has these qualities you're looking for. We need to uh, evaluate who are our five closest people to us. Um, And be honest with yourself. I've recently had to do this and it is not an easy evaluation, okay? It's not an easy evaluation to make. Um, In addition to that, also, number three for the conclusion, keep in mind that you too are an influencer. We influence people. We influence our spouses. We influence our children. We influence our family members. We influence our co-workers in more ways than what we can imagine like we just do we just do and sometimes we don't even think about it and that's why we see sometimes kids were like why you sound like your like your mother why are you copying my phrases or whatever because it just happens they were just influenced by you you are an influencer so we have to make sure that what we are influencing upon other people are great things. Not negativity, not lack of faith. We need to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves, what kind of mentor and advisor and influencer am I being on people? And then be better because again, being influenced by the wrong thing, can lead to catastrophic consequences like we just saw with Rehoboam. And can you imagine being the reason why somebody had catastrophic consequences because they listened to you? That's terrible. So we have to make sure to also be good influencers. Uh, Being an influencer is not a bad thing, okay? It is what it is. We are constantly influenced and we are influencers. That is just human nature. We have to make sure that we have a great influencers and that we be or that we become good influencers ourselves. All right. But I'm gonna leave it at that. I just encourage you to dig deeper into the word. Look up some information on mentors and mentees and look up some information on influence a lot of great stuff so with that said thank you for listening and just remember that with conversations we can build or destroy worlds one conversation at a time so let's make them count take care